G'day guys and girls and welcome to the second part of the Round 10 Extended Bench Podcast. We're back with the Sunday game, so we're going to dive straight back into it. We're talking about the Melbourne versus GWS debacle. This was this one was of the ugly. sloppiest games of football I've ever seen from Melbourne. This was just Awful. I mean, GWS were very solid, but they could have won this again by another 100 points or so yeah, like they do against Carlton. They just eased off and did what they needed to. Uh, just from a fantasy point of view, Taranto, Kelly, Whitfield, all the dominated. Suspects. Just absolutely incredible stuff. Uh, Himmelberg and Shaw both did well. Now, Heath Shaw, I'm still not super keen on, but if you're desperate for a really cheap or a cheaper defender who has a big ceiling, I don't hate it. Uh, he came up last week after a fairly decent score, but you know I, I'd probably prefer at this stage in the season to look to move on to those guys that you still think will be in the top six at the end of the year. Agreed. He's Shannon Hearns, obviously Lockie Whitfield, uh, Laird, who's bottomed out in price as well, players like that. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson keeps getting it done as well, 82. He's been quite solid over the past few really weeks good. for draft owners. Uh, yeah, if you picked him up in draft, you'd be really happy with yeah. him. All right, 69 to Stephen Cornelio. Now, he got a corky in the second quarter. That's unfortunate. And he he lost 40k this week. He was tracking pretty well um, in the first quarter, at least. Now, this is tough because he has lost a fair amount of value now. He is down to... What's what's Lockheed? Stephen Cornelio down to 687k with a break-even of 152 so, he is going yep. to be super cheap in a few weeks' time. And well done if you don't own him. I own Stephen Cornelio. I held, hopefully, he, hoping he came back strong. Unfortunately, he didn't. What would you suggest for me? Were, were, am I holding Cornelio or am I dropping Cornelio? Do you feel he'll be top eight at the end of the year? I do. Then you hold. Yeah, yeah. It's It sucks because people will be it's able to pick simple. him up 150k cheaper yep. than I got him. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's that simple. If yeah. you think he's top eight at the end of the year, and this is exactly the same conversation to have about Crips, yeah. if you feel they're top eight at the end of the year, you hold them. If you move them on, not only are you, if you, not only do you have to get them back in at some point mm-hmm. towards the end of the year if you think they're in that top eight conversation, but you're losing money on them. Yeah. There, there's no good reason to do it. You unfortunately just have to suck it up and deal with yeah. the poor games until they turn it around. If you suck. think they're going to turn it around for the end of the year. And I do feel like he is going to be a top eight midfielder I agree. at the end of the year. I agree. Um, he's too good. But it does mean that people who don't own him in about a month's time will be able to pick him up for peanuts. I mean, yep. if he keeps going the way he is, he could be 550k quite easily, which is just ridiculously cheap. Yep. Um, the one thing in his favour is they play, play the Gold Coast. Gold Coast this week. So it'll be interesting to see... How he Could goes he do there. a Whitfield and he, make that break even? I doubt it, but it could be a big game. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the uh, demon side of the ledger. There's really not much to talk about here. There's Max Gorn and then there's Daylight. 132 from Gorn. He just keeps doing it. Yep. If you haven't got him still, because I know a lot of people are still dealing with wits and still dealing with other players, and you need to get Max Gorn after his buy. It's just that simple. So yes. wait until the buy and bring in Max Gorn. Sell whatever you need to to bring him in. He's just too good. Um, yep. Marty Hoare keeps getting it done as well. He's been very solid. Uh, Brayshaw keeps disappointing us. I'm amazed that Brayshaw worked his way up to 75. Yeah, he, to he was on very little at halftime, wasn't he? He, he, was he overtook Oliver as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver 
had the clamps put on him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, um, Oliver's who DeBoer was running with, wasn't it? Yeah, DeBoer, and DeBoer's just an incredibly good player. I mean, you can't... I saw him described um, on Twitter today as a human clamp, yeah. which is pretty apt at the moment. You um, just can't get away from it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giggling because I noticed that um, uh, there's a little flag next to Clayton Oliver's name on fanfooty.com.au oh, yeah. with the French flag. And I wonder just if that's surrender. because he gave up. <laughs> I hope that's why he gave up against the Devortag. <laughs> oh, that's great. I well done, so. fanfooty. Um, Oscar Baker picked himself up after a terrible yeah. start. He was on 22 at halftime. And got to 72 with a couple of goals in there. Yep. Really good job. I played him on the field. Um, You'd be very happy there. I was super happy. And yeah, so 72 means yep. that he's reset his break even. And yep. he hopefully, should keep his spot. Hopefully he keeps his spot because he was far from their worst player. Well, someone who might not, even though he's had some good games. Uh, mm. Jay Lockhart had a down game this week. Yeah. He scored the goal. Maybe that keeps him in just because other players like Corey Wagner wasn't particularly great either. It's mostly their defenders who are poor. Jaden Hunt up forward wasn't great, but uh, Sam Frost, Oscar McDonald, they, Harrison Petty, they were all... Jaden Hunt kicked one goal too, but he at least looked lively early. Mm. He was providing something even if he didn't really get the results. Yeah. There were other guys that just didn't provide anything. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure who holds their spot and who doesn't because... Melbourne are a real, you know, up mm. there team. I, I I just don't know what to expect because they they should be incredibly good on paper, but they are just poor. Yeah, so it's, it's just hasn't gone their way this year. Yeah. But you would expect there'll be some pretty major changes over the next couple of weeks. I'd suggest so. We'll move on to the next game of the round. This was uh, Saints versus Carlton. Close game in the end, but Saints kicked away with the last couple at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, Steele was the only player in this game to break 100, and that just says it all. It's just <laughs> yeah. not great. Um, no. no. So we've got Jack Steele with 119, and then the next best was Gresham with 98. Uh, look, there were, it was pretty average. There's not too much to talk about, except for mentioning Billings. Uh, yeah. Well done, Billings. Well done. You got 66 against Carlton, who was slaughtered by GWS past week. And we sort of predicted this in last week's podcast. We said that there was, even though Saints should score well, which they didn't, so they showed us <laughs> up there, but Carlton were going to come out fighting. They always show that sort of half-hearted, you know, oh, we're not going to let this happen to us again closed doors meetings, yep. you know, amping yourselves up. And yeah, they, they kept it close, but, you know, this scoring was deplorable by the Saints. They should have dominated. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think that they're a particularly great team at the moment. And Billings is moving out of my top six with scores like this. Um, he's, in, he's in my team. Yeah. I have him in salary cap. But when he's scoring like this, averagely... He's not a top six forward. It's a big turnaround after one week. Last week, we, we were both 101, saying... 101 last week. Yeah, no, not talking about his score last week. Last week, we were both saying, yeah, we think he's going to be top six at the end of the year. But I, if he got an 80, to, if he got an 85 this week, I'd be saying, ah, oh, okay, a 66 against St. Kilda is sh- when you're not tagged is shit. It's one against game. Against Carlton, sorry. Against Carlton. It's one game. It's a shocking game. If he did this against Geelong, I'd forgive it more. If he did this against uh, West Coast uh, away, I'd forgive it more. Carlton at home? It's just terrible. Like, that uh, is I'm genuinely I'm not awful. riding him off off the back of one game. 
Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it was a shit game f- yeah. from him. Yeah. But, look, I'm, give him another week and see what he can yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, see I'm not trading him out this week. I'll say that. But if he has some more, if he has another one or two games like this, I'll move him out of my team quickly. Just. Yeah, I think I'm, it's just a bit reactive when you probably have rookies and oh, no, guys you need to be focusing yeah, on. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I will be needing to move rookies on, but I can't accept a 66 from a premium player. Yeah, that's, that's too low. 80s, I can accept. If it's you know a poor game or if they're getting tagged or something like that is happening. 66s, that's Andrew Brayshaw-like scoring and you can't keep that in your but team. But again, it's one game. Yeah, that's true. I, I wonder so what's what, the, what, what is the difference in your mind between this Colton. And, and Cogs? Colton. Cogs put up 69. Cogs also got injured. No injury for Billings, no tag. Um, yeah, and Cogs got injured early in the game as well. Yeah. That's the other big difference. And it was a corky, so not a massive injury. Yeah, but by the same token, nobody scored well except for Steele in this game. Which is a, not, which is a downside for any Saints player as well. Yeah, Col- Carlton are just a bad team. So Carlton aren't going to score particularly well at, at, yes, in the best of They're days. a bad team that dragged the other team down to their level this week, so nobody scored well. That's true. Western Bulldogs used to do that a fair bit. Yeah. So did North Melbourne, actually, yeah. especially when they had... Um, who was their tagger? North Melbourne's? Uh, the really good one that's Jacobs. injured at the moment? Jacobs. Ben Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Um, he used to do that quite a lot. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm, All I'm saying is I'm not going to write him off off the back of one bad mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy, and like I said, he's in my team. He's staying in my team at the moment. But if there's another one, he's on notice. If yeah. there's another Look, game like this, if this happens this, another couple he's out. of times, then absolutely, he's out. No, if this happens one more time, I'm at, I'm off. If he has another score in the mid 60s, I'm off because he's going to lose too much money. Okay, and, and he's not on a super amount of money at the moment, anyways. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't afford to wait for three in a row. Um, Okay, so next, uh, there's not too many others to talk about, so we'll move on to the Blues. Again, not nothing massive here, but we'll touch on Paddy Cripps. Mm-hmm. 88 from him. We aren't saying that he's not going to be a top eight midfielder. Hey, 88, and he was tagged. Yes. Steele wa- went everywhere with yes, him. Yes, and that's the thing. And Steele is a solid tagger. And yeah. particularly, he's good at looking after those big-bodied midfielders who aren't particularly quick. Yeah. And that's what Paddy Cripps is. So that's a match made in heaven in terms of taggers. He's going to cop the tagger most weeks. I think he'll pull through it, though. Yep, I agree. Yeah, because he's done it in the past. He was an incredible scorer last year. He had an incredible start to the year. He's got that down. So he's got that in the bank. I think what we're seeing is him just getting a little bit tired coming into the mid-season by mm-hmm. because he is shouldering the entire midfield load. He is. And the last few weeks, there hasn't been a lot from the rest of his team. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he'll come good. He just needs a bit of a break, I think. He will. Um, some of the and young... not to have someone sitting on him at every moment of the game. <laughs> Nick Newman was fairly solid with a 90 as well. Yep. Um, and that, that was really good to see, actually. I, I think that he'll score well. Uh, for the rest of the year, I don't think he'll score well enough to be in consideration for salary cap leagues. No. But, but there were a lot of people talking about him last week. After after a good score against GWS, where... Oh, how much is he worth? Oh, I... Not... E- nah, I, I, I just... I, I don't have the faith in his, you know, uh, his ability to continually score this well. 594,000. So he is cheap. He's, mu- he's cheaper than Ellis. Five ninety four, and his break even is what? 
I've already closed it, I don't know. (laughs) I guess I'm just thinking that, yeah, he's cheap, but he's still more expensive than a Brody Smith. Mm -hmm. um, Or a... Oh, I wouldn't be getting Brody Smith in. No, no, but my point is, are you... How are you bringing him in? You're not downgrading a premium to get him in. You're probably so you're upgrading in. someone. Yeah, and you're most probably upgrading a Brody Smith or a Zach Williams mm-hmm. if you still have them. I don't see a Zach Williams or a Brody Smith to Nick Newman as being an upgrade. Mm-hmm. That's a sideways trade. It's a sideways trade to someone who has a better break even. He's got a, oh, actually no, the break even's not that much better. It's eighty, so he's not making you a ridiculous amount no. of money. I, I he think, needs to go another hundred. I think his time for this season was. As a mid-pricer at the start of the year, I don't see him being relevant in salary cap right now. Agreed. Yeah, happy to say that. Because I just I don't see how you would bring him in in a way that's going to benefit your team long term. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that one hundred percent. Gibbons, you can hold him until the buy. He's just sort of eking out half decent scores. He's scoring about what his break even is, so he's not going to lose you a lot of cash. Yeah. But you don't want to keep him in your side too much longer. And saying that, we'll move on to the last game of the round. This was an absolute ripper at the end. That yeah. last kick, Sonny Walters hitting the behind posts. <laughs> oh, that was absolutely fantastic. Kicked it from 50 as well. He's got a good boot on him. He does. Um, I thought it was going through for the goal as well. It, it hit half post high, <laughs> to be honest. He, um, he definitely got under it. Yeah. Good to see Nat Fife. Uh, he had a slower start to the game. He had a pretty slow first quarter and then dominated for the last mm. three. He was awesome. Uh, Brad Hill had a great game. He was just left to run wild, and that'll happen. Uh, Luke Ryan, like we said at the start of the podcast, of good games. was fantastic. Uh, Sonny Walters, Nathan Nathan Wilson. This is his first good score for the year. He is, hasn't been that great. So if he has another good score, another good solid score, that might be an example of a bit of a role change. Maybe they've freed him up a little bit. Or this could just be one, you know... Uh, flash in the pan so keep an eye on him because he's unowned in a lot of draft leagues and if you've got a very very deep draft league and he has another good score if this is a role change I don't mind it because he has the ability to to rack up a few plus sixes being loose down back Uh, but in saying that obviously don't do it this week you've got to give it another week to see what's happening absolutely Uh, is there anyone else you want to bring up because a lot of Frio's guys are stashable keeper guys like Adam Chera is not scoring well this year, but he's stashable in keeper leagues. Yep. Uh, same with Andy Brayshaw. Same with, uh, I mean, Connor Blakely. Oh, we had high hopes for him coming back in. But yeah. I don't know if it's a role. I didn't watch much of this game. Is it a role issue as far I as you can see? I didn't really watch much of it either, to be honest. So, um, as a free, <laughs> you say that as a Frio fan. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's just not one that I was free to, to watch. So, the... Yeah, obviously he's not someone that you'd be looking at in salary cap at the moment. He's actually losing money considering he yeah. was and a mid pricer. Geez, you'd be pissed if you drafted him in a in a redraft or or you held him in a keeper and this is what he's putting up once he's back oh, in the team. Geez, because you would have drafted him late. A lot of people would have had their drafts after the injury news came out yeah. and you would have maybe gone, right, middle rounds yeah. and I'll hold him until round 11 yeah, or I so. Think he's a prime buy low target. Oh, 100%. If you feel that the owner in a redraft is getting really shitty with it. Yeah, I like it. That's a great call, actually. Uh, Lion side of legend, no one scored over 100. Uh, uh, one guy we should quickly mention is Brett Bewley. Oh, yes, Finally good got call. his debut. Scored 38. 38. Uh, not 
amazing. Also has the round 12 buy, so... You made a good call earlier. Hold here. Oh, no. So hold on bringing him in until we see what he does this week and then yep. after his buy. Exactly. Um, because it is actually a lot to risk bringing him in this week after a 38 for only one more game. Exactly, yeah. May as well see what happens there. Uh, Dame Zorko, like I said, uh, got had 99. Daniel Rich keeps up his solid form this year with a 91. He's been great for draft owners. Uh, Hugh McCluggage had one of his down games, but even that was an 88, considering how well he's done this year. He's been huge for yep. Brisbane. Um, the really annoying one is Alex Witherden, someone that we absolutely penned in as being a top six defender at the start of the year. 52. Wow. That's... He's nowhere near top six at the moment. This is a massive backward step for him in fantasy terms. Yeah, it is. Are we? Is he a victim of his own success early on? He's. Is he getting watched by you know opposition teams a little bit both more both that and the expectations that we're putting him on him as yeah. a fantasy player well we thought or we if, hoped if, that he would take a lot of those extra you know if Brisbane decided to chip it in uh, short mm. to avoid kick, having to kick it in long you know obviously Daniel Rich is taking a lot of kick-ins he's running yep. out 15 metres and bombing it yep. but he's only doing that Brisbane very rarely <laughs> try to you know free up a bit through. of space closer because yeah. that is a tactic some teams use. They'll kick it 30, 40 metres where there's not as many people standing yeah. and then that long kick can break over the line from there. Yeah. But they're not doing that. What well, they do have the luxury of Daniel, Daniel Rich's Rich. boot. So when he runs out and kicks it, it's pretty much the centre square. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, like, like the centre circle yeah. of the field. So <laughs> it's a pretty amazing weapon to have. Mitchell Hinge had a good score this week, 68. He, I, I would potentially be looking at him... As a... Wouldn't mind it. Yeah, downgrade option he, in defense. I wasn't looking at him last week. I didn't think that he would score well enough. I thought that he'd lose his spot, but no, he did very well. What solidly. I liked was he held his spot when Hodge came back He in. did, yeah. And that's what I was worried about. So, look, he's... Um, where is got a that couple, break Got a couple even? of injuries as well. So, Oscar McInerney and then... Who else was injured in this game? It was Hipwood. So... Look, two forwards, that, that probably doesn't really reflect on him because he's more of a defender, but uh, any injuries will mean that, you know, these guys are less likely to be dropped from the team. Yep. And he's the round 13 buy, so you could bring him in as you, a you downgrade could, for a couple of weeks, get a little bit more cash, and then move him on. And then move him on. Or if he's... Quick cash grab. His break-even is super low, so if he's still scoring very well, you can hold him over that one week because we haven't got a lot of great rookies who we brought in recently who are making a ton of cash. So maybe he's the guy no, that you can hold for a little bit longer. Pretty bare at the moment. Yeah. And with that, that's the uh, the most important players from the game that we want to talk about. So we're going to jump straight into answering your questions off of Twitter. And we've got a fair few, actually, to get through this week. Mm, so we'll see that. We'll dive straight in, uh, if I can actually find the first one, which was sent in from Roy O'Bannon today. So it says... G'day guys, love the podcast, lads. Cheers for all the help. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, thanks hope, for hope we're helping. Thanks for listening. Uh, with Kennedy's injury and the likely return of Menzel, do you see Heaney picking up Kennedy's midfield minutes? Now we talked about this earlier, but it completely slipped my mind that Dan Menzel could be coming back into that team. Yeah, he played um, Neful. He's played Neful for the past three weeks or yeah. so. Yeah. So they've given, they've tested him out. If Dan Menzel comes into the team, I love the idea of bringing Heaney in in salary cap yeah, leagues. Love it. They, they play very similar forward roles. Well, Plus, Buddy's back as of last week. Dan Menzel can't play midfield. He has to play up yeah. forward. But but he's that mid-sized 
forward is, that plays yes. tall, which is exactly what Heaney mm-hmm. does. So, and with Buddy back in as well, yeah, that means that someone's got actually going to get squeezed out, and you may as well squeeze out one of your best potential midfielders and put him directly in the centre where you've just got a big injury in Kennedy. Actually, uh, I, that's a great point, uh, right? I like it. I'd like to see... I need to see a week of a it, week because of it he's first. still only scored 88 this week. So you want at least one week. Like You don't have to yeah. rush him in this week. And I mean, the, the thing that I always come back to with Heaney, and we all get sucked in by how good he looks when he's playing on the field, he hasn't shown us a very big sample size of no. a ceiling. Like last year, we, we used to make fun of the fact that he was always in the Heaney zone. The Heaney zone, which was 95 to 100 points. That's pretty much what he scored every week. Every week. So he he didn't show a ceiling. So you weren't unhappy, but you weren't super happy no, either. No, you weren't. He, it's like that. Yeah. But this year, he's not even in the Heaney zone. He's all over the place, but mm-hmm. he's still not really showing that ceiling. So, yeah, I think there's a, there's upside there, but... I need to see it first. I, I want, to it, I want him to put it on the park. So it's not one I'm willing to, you know, roll the dice on uh, unseen. Uh, if he puts up a week, a really big score, um, or even just a plus 100 score, I'd be more interested. So we were talking about Billings before. Who do you have more faith in? Heaney or Billings? Ooh. I have more faith in Billings. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, if Billings has one more game like that, he's out of my team. Yeah. I can't put up with that. I um, think I'd go Billings as well because of the ceiling. Yes, and he Billings does have a big ceiling. He is playing a midfield role. He was just shit on the weekend. And hopefully him and also St. Kilda turn that around because St. Kilda as a team weren't great either. No. And let's be fair, a lot of Billings' best scores at the start of the year were against the lower teams on the ladder. They had a great run at the start, so... True. We'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, I like the idea, Roy. I just I'd wait a week. Um, so uh, yeah, unless next? you're a gambler, man. Uh, Caleb Saint Arthur says, "Hi lads, a guy in my redraft league has an awful ruck lineup and McRae. I have Goldstein and Cruiser, but no McRae. Obviously, I should rip. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. I should rip his hand off for either of my rucks, right? No brainer, surely." I don't know exactly what Caleb means there. Uh, I can't even find the. Um, I think he's actually. Question. I think he's actually direct messaged this to us, oh, so okay. it may not have been cool. in response to the question put out on Twitter. Right. Um, Read it again. But basically, he's asking uh, someone in his redraft league has an awful rock lineup and McRae. He's got Goldstein and Cruiser, but no McRae. Should he trade him, maybe the likes of Cruiser or Goldstein, in order to get McRae? Ooh. You'd probably have to give up Goldstein, let's just face it. You're not I don't think that he would be able unless you threw in a massive sweetener, you're not getting McCray for Cruiser. That's for Dan no. Unless this is a terrible player. Um, you wouldn't think so. When but... I say player, I mean the coach of that team. Unless he does not know what he's doing, you're not getting coach for, uh, McCray for Cruiser. So you're probably having to throw in Goldstein and maybe that is a sell high option because he's gonna have another good week this week, Goldstein, but beyond that He's yeah, not I'm averaging just, 100 for the year. I'm just having a look at Goldie as well, particularly who he plays in the finals. Okay. So, round 21, he's got Geelong, mm-hmm. which is probably a decent matchup for him. Yeah. Uh, round Stanley. 22, he's got Port, who have been destroying Rucks this year. Don't want any of that. And round 23, so the grand final, he's got Gorn. Yeah, don't... So, yeah, if mate, if they... Uh, if you're... Friend doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, he hasn't heard that. Get rid of Goldstein and bring in McRae because McRae so, has the 
possibility of averaging 110 plus in the back yeah. end of the year. So conversely, McRae has Essendon in round 21. Good game. Giants in round 22. Uh, not great. And then Adelaide in round 23. So not bad. It's, I, I don't, yeah, not, not amazing. But I wouldn't be looking at that there, but Goldstein's run would hurt in the finals yeah. on the way home. And they'll have nothing to play for either. Um, True. Yeah, they won't have much to play for. Although, in saying that, neither will Melbourne, realistically, coming <laughs> up against Gorn in the last week. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely do that, mate. Love that idea. Um, Brody, uh, mm. good mate of the podcast, Brody, sent in a... I've found that the top five from the 2017 draft have been very underwhelming so far. Do you think Rayner, Brayshaw, Dow, LDU, Chera are valuing keepers right now? Or should we cash in if we own them on their high pick value while we have the chance? So, Ooh. all right. So basically, if you, you you first, all right, all right, me first. So Brayshaw, I still have very high hopes for. If I was to rank these players, I would be ranking them: Brayshaw, Rayner, Chera, Dow, LDU at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons for that, um, but the main one being Brayshaw just looks like an absolute gun when he's played in the right role. Yep, and he's having second year blues. All these guys are having second year blues. That's and the main it's thing not for me. uncommon. That's to see. the main thing for me. They're in their second year, so they are massive value. So if you yeah. can go, if you're particularly in a team who's you know probably you're halfway through the year, probably know that you're not in contention for the finals. Don't mind the idea of going out and trading for some of these guys to get them into your squad for next year because players like Brayshaw could easily break out. Same with players like Rayner. You know, mm-hmm. it took a little bit of time for players like Dusty Martin to really become a fantasy, yep. you know, I cemented think, player. I think Rayner's probably a couple of years away from really being where we want him to be. But Brayshaw's the big one. Brayshaw could break out. I like. I still like Dow, although he does play for a terrible team. So maybe I would move Chera above Dow. Just. Um, uh, I think you had Chera above him already. Did I? Right? Okay, yeah. so if that was the case, then um, yeah, yeah I'd, I I probably have a pretty similar ranking to you. I go Brayshaw, Rayner, Chera. I'm I'm tentatively hopeful that LDU could develop the way that he's supposed to. Under a new coach? Under a new coach. Yeah, that's what I'm hopeful for as well, but I haven't seen any of it, so no. it'll really but depend on I also the... haven't really liked what I've seen from Dow for most of this year. Yeah, so. I've, I've... But having said that, my big thing is they're all in their second year, so yeah. I'm not looking at them going, they're not putting up 80s every week. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at them going... I'm seeing bits and pieces that I yeah. like. I'm seeing games that I like. Yeah. I'm seeing them being tested in new roles. Yeah. So it's the little things you take at this point. So they are value, but just keep in mind, these guys aren't going to have good years. And it's something you have to keep in mind in a keeper league when you're drafting uh, you know, players who have just been drafted that year that they're not going to be great dead off the bat. Even some of the better ones. You know, Sam Walsh is now going on a... A bit of a decline. He's been solid. Don't yeah, get yeah, me wrong. He's still been solid in that. But, you know, everyone was talking about the possibility of him averaging 100 for the year. And it's not yeah, happening. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But he's still averaging yeah. more and than there, these guys. there is a solid chance that he could have a second year blue as well. Yeah, absolutely. It happens to a lot of the absolutely. best ones. So I think I, I wouldn't be cashing in on their high pick value now. I'd yeah. be giving them a chance to break out in their third year and see absolutely. what they're doing. And the other thing too is from a keeper perspective... If these guys are in your planning to be contending right now, mm-hmm. you haven't structured your list well. Yeah. So you, your list should be structured in such a way that you can afford to give them time to develop. Agreed. Uh, 
who another one from Brody is who's more inconsistent, Jack Siebel or the MRP? Um, I think the MRP's been quite consistent, to be honest. They're, they're the not... MRP is consistently... You can consistently pick when they're going to do something that's going to piss everyone off. That's what I was going so for. So I'm going to say that Zeeble's more inconsistent. That's what I'm going for. Um, but yeah, Zeeble is very inconsistent. And I think that's just his role, it's, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So if he plays in the midfield, he'll score bloody well. If he's played in the forward line, he'll score shit. Because I maintain he's not a particularly good forward. He's an okay forward, but you need to get someone who's actually a forward line player into your forward line. I think he's a pretty solid forward. but He's solid. But you're not going to win a premiership with Jack Zebel at full forward. I think they're a fair way off winning a premiership. No, true. So I think it's a bit of a moot point. But I think North Melbourne are much more competitive with him in the centre. <laughs> him, Cunnington and Higgins in the centre line, that's dangerous. It's Yeah, I just think it's a much better option. Um, okay, so question from Paul, who's asking, says, <laughs> another week, another whinge. Cripps, yeah, I hear you at the moment. Cripps, man. once again, is really testing my patience, but I got burnt when I traded him out last year. Do I hold through the tags and hope he enters beast mode again? Minus the plethora of handballs. Cheers, lads. Love the podcast. Yeah, you hold him. I, I think it's the same question we had with Canelio earlier. Do you, you think just, he's top eight at the end of the year? If, and if he is, you hold him. Yeah. So That's simple for me. If this was earlier in the year, I could say... So if this was round two or three, I could say, yeah, maybe trade him out, actually. That's not the worst idea because he can lose a ton of cash and you bring him in much later. But at the moment, you just have to hold him. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. with the buys coming up. Um, all right, question from AJS Hawker: Two lots of double downgrades before the buys, or triple downgrade in the last of the buys? No other way to get the cash to get players I want. Two up, one down in the buys won't work without a bucket load of cash. All right, that is a that is a full on question right there. All right, so first thing: two lots of double downgrades before the buy. I'm so, pretty sure we only have this week before the buys. We do, yes. So, so you don't get two lots. You've only got one lot of, of a. You only got one double downgrade, and then you're into the buys. Mm-hmm. So I, I suppose realistically, he could be saying, right. So we've got the two trades this week, and then three and then the bef- week after. and then we've got three the week after before the buys really start. So maybe two double downgrades this week, two double downgrades next week, and then up someone using that cash with the and third you'll trade. Have some left over for round thirteen for exactly. more upgrades. Okay, I or, don't hate that. Or a triple downgrade in the last of the buys. I think it's too early to be thinking about who you're trading in in the last of the buys, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah, if look you, at who's played well the weeks before. Yeah, but and also, if you know of four rookie players, four downgradable players <laughs> who are performing well enough to bring into your team, mate, please tell us who they are, yeah, because they are there are not many. Let us know. Uh, if you can find some good downgrade options, I'm all for doing a double downgrade this week, so you've got cash ready, ready for round 12, but I think we're going to have to wait for teams. We will. And hope that there's some round 13 and 14 by players rookies that get named. 100%. I'm, I've got everything crossed that we have some round 14 rookies <laughs> named. We really need some. Um, because I want to double downgrade this week. Um, next question was uh, from Matt Mottram, who's asking, uh, do we trade Rockcliffe? He's on the plane to China, but must still be in some doubt. Backup's not great. If so, who to? Josh Kelly, yo, someone else, pay or pay top dollar and get Whitfield. Okay, so... Rocky is, if he's not playing, surely they will announce that he's not playing. He might be on the plane, but surely yep. it will just be a traditional not named on Thursday. Yeah, Hinkley's actually been quite um, transparent he this has. year. Yeah. So he generally lets people know on Wednesdays or early on Thursdays who's 
who's being named. Yeah. Um, and I actually remember seeing a couple of press releases where he mentions, for all you fantasy players out mm-hmm. there, such and such is getting a game this week. Yeah. So he's been quite transparent. So I think he will, if they know, I think he will let us know. Agreed. Um, and I agree. If he's, if it's looking like he's not going to play, then absolutely move him on because he's going to miss two weeks mm-hmm. then. The fact he's on the plane is pretty promising, I think. I think it's promising, but at the same time, they brought over four emergencies. They're going to, you know, mm. have they brought over more than that? Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure because six of them traveling. I 26 of them. 26. Okay, that's fair. But enough. the thing is, for me, if I, if I've got a player that's in any real doubt, why would I fly them all the way to China? That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'd err on the side of caution. I guess that does make sense. It's a long time to be cooped up in a plane where you could be, you know, getting a With lot a of rehab back at home. Injury. Yeah. Working on that so injury. I think it's quite positive that he's on the plane. I still have a, a, a sneaky, horrible feeling that he that something might go wrong. My concern is more they fly him over there, he's cramped with his hamstring on the plane the whole time, they play him and then he does the hamstring. That's my concern, not yeah. the fact that he's going to be laid out. Look, if he's out, I'm trading him. If he's in, I'm keeping him. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. So, so if he's Agreed. named out, you trade him because it's two weeks in a row he's missing. Um, and if he's named in, then you keep yep. him and you hold him through the buys as well. Yep. If uh, so, who too? Um, I like Yo. I like Yo. Yeah, really I love like Yo. Taranto. Taranto's great if Round you can't get him. Round 14 by, plays Gold Coast this week. Yo, Yo's probably my top option unless you have the money to get in Whitfield because that's yep. not too expensive. You're looking at spending about 100k or something like that and yep. that's... I really like Whitfield Whit- as well. Whitfield, you've got to have him. Same as Toronto. Gold Coast this week, round 14. Bro. Whitfield's a known quantity. So Yo, I think, will be a top eight midfielder with his run going home. Yep. Whitfield, I know 100% that he will be a top eight defender, barring injury. Yep. Um, okay, so second question from Matt was asking, who are the best downgrades this week? Look, I realistically, I only like Hinge, to be honest. He's the only one I've, yeah. I'm confident in downgrading to. There's not too many others. Like, Bewley, I want to see another week from with the round 12 bye. Yep. Um, it's some, yep. Oscar Baker's someone. Who, if you don't own Oscar Baker, could be a good option. Yep. And I think he might be around 13 by for yep. memory. So that's not the worst idea to bring in. But um, those are the only two. Yeah. For me, at the, the moment, rookies buy is very important. I don't yep. want to bring someone in just for one week. I like so it. So Hinge is the guy I'm looking at at the moment. Yep. And he, I think Scrimshaw to Hinge is it's a It's a good trade. Yeah. Uh, so question from Goonbag Fantasy still the best name in fantasy football good on you mate uh, which takes priority trading Smith to Whitfield or Myers to Yo so Brody Smith to Lockie Whitfield or Brian Myers to Elliot Yo Brian Myers yeah. okay so for a second there I was like David Myers no why yeah. do you have David <laughs> Myers Goonbag spelt it like M-Y-E-R-S so I can Ryan see Myers makes a lot more sense but yeah yep. no, I, I know that he wouldn't have David Myers like <laughs> jeez alright um, okay so uh, Brody Smith up to Whitfield or Myers to Yo jeez that is tough because Brody Smith is scoring well enough at the moment that you can hold him for a little bit until his bye but Myers is starting to lose cash and Yo is scoring incredibly well and has a good buy. Jeez. I'd probably go with Myers to Yo, to be honest. Get the rookie out of your side and get someone in that you think will be top at the end of the year. Um, Smith is a mid-pricer who can still score well on his day, um, is a more of a known quantity. I, I think that you can 
keep him in until his buy and then look at trading him out to Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, I think so as well. They've got virtually the same break even as well, low 90s. Uh, but but the question is, who will be more likely to score that, Smith or Myers? Uh, let's have a look at who they play. Um, Smith is playing... Where do you go? Melbourne? Yep. Pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. Myers is playing... Uh, Sydney. Also a decent chance. I like Smith's chance better, though. Yeah, so I'd be keeping Smith for a little bit longer and bringing Yo in for Myers if I were you, mate. Yep. It's the, Just do the traditional rookie. He's made his money up to someone that you think will be a top six yep. or top eight for a midfielder, as opposed to a mid-pricer who can still hold on for a little bit longer till his buy. Yep, agreed. Uh, last question of the week comes in from Dim Slickus. Says, keep up the great work. Cheers, mate. And uh, Thank you. is Taylor Adams for Brayshaw a good trade in draft, or is Gus a lost hope this year uh, okay so you've got Taylor Adams for Gus Brayshaw I think it depends where you are it, so if you are towards the top of your table I would be keeping Taylor Adams if you are in the middle and need something special or towards the bottom I would bring in Gus Brayshaw for the chance that he can push you up into the top level I think if you've got to take a risk you take the risk on Gus and if you're more comfortable, you stick with Taylor Adams. I disagree. I think this year is a write-off. So you, you just think Gus is a complete write-off? For this year. I think okay. next year he'll bounce back. I think this year... I don't know. His last... They no, might... stick, with, stick with the core. If you if no, you've no, got no, I'm feel... just thinking that he's... They're not playing him in the right spot. And they're shit. And they're Melbourne. shit. I'm not sure whether they're going to swing him back into the midfield or not. They mm-hmm. might very late in the season, but surely if they were going to, they would have done it already. Agreed. So, And I think his confidence has taken such a hit already this year that even when he does go back in the midfield... Yeah, he ain't he's... finishing third in the Brownlow this year. No. So that's I think he sure. needs a preseason to just sort of reset himself. Okay. So if that's the case, you're saying I'd 100% rather have... Taylor Adams. I'd rather have Taylor Adams for the rest of the year yeah. than Gus at this stage. And I'm okay with that. So maybe I change my answer to if you are really out of contention and you own Taylor Adams. So if you're sitting towards the bottom of the table and you desperately need someone to take a risk on, Taylor Adams is not going to push you up there. But on his best day, Gus Brayshaw can. So yeah, it's it's a massive risk. So you've got to be in a pretty poor position to take that, I would suggest. Yeah. Or desperate position, I would suggest more. So it depends where you're on the ladder. Dim Slicky. And that's all the questions for this week. Hopefully we helped you out a little bit there. Remember, you can reach us anytime at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. So hit us up with any questions anytime during the week. We're always happy to help. Uh, we will jump straight in now to our favorite game just before we finish the podcast. It is Risk It for the Biscuit. We're going to gouge the eyes out of your waiver list. We're looking for some guys who this particular week, they're going to stand up for you and have a great score. So if you're coming into an important matchup or you've got a couple of injuries and you need to replace them, these are the guys to have a look at. These are the ones with a good matchup. Remember, they've got to be under 50% owned in ultimate footy competitions. That's our measure, and we can't have picked them before this season, although that rule is going to be going out the window soonish because we're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel. So we're we're getting really close to that point. So we'll dive straight in. Who did we look at last week, Matt? 
So you went with two St. Kilda players. <laughs> that was a shitty choice now, but yes. they should have destroyed Colton. They didn't, and that's why they're a bad team. Yep. So you went with uh, Membry, who got 72 from Memory. Not quite enough, yeah. but realistically, if you got 72 off a waiver go, you're probably happy. Yeah, you're probably okay with it. Um, Kent was in like the 20s, so we yeah, won't Yeah, jeez, that was bad. So no points for you. Um, no points for this game. Mine was... Even worse, though. So. <laughs> How is yours worse? Well, at least you got 72 off memory. I had um, Simpkin, who did nothing. I think he got 40-something. Nice. And then um, Rowan, who also got like 40 or 50-something. So, great no points for me either. No points for you, so we'll move on to this week and we'll yeah. see what we can do. I think it is your turn to pick first this week. Who are you keen on, Matt? I am going with Harry Himmelberg. Harry Himmelberg from... This This is the uh, GWS guy, right? He's 12% owned. Um, now, it pretty much sums down to the fact he's got gold coast this round. And the fact that GWS will be piling the footy into the yep. forward 50 this week. Great pick. I don't um, think you have to explain it any more than no, that. He's he like, had 102 last week playing Melbourne. Seven marks, five goals, two... If he gets a lot of marks and kicks a, a small bag of goals, I reckon he'll put up another good score, and I reckon he'll do that. Great, yeah. Don't even have to explain any more than that. Um, all right, so I'm going with a little bit of an out-there one, some guy that could lose his spot this week, but I think with Gary Gary Ablett being suspended, he, suspended that he will keep his spot in the team for one more week. It is the forward from Geelong, James Parsons, who's owned by really? 4% of the competition. Now, what yeah, I like out there. what I like about James is he spent a decent amount of time in the midfield last week. Gathered 15 possessions against Gold Coast. Not too bad with the five tackles thrown in there as well. Mm-hmm. I liked what I saw from a positional move. Gary Ablett going out may mean that he spent some time floating around half forward, around the wing. But Geelong are just scoring so well this season. <laughs> They're coming up against Sydney, who aren't the best team to score against, but also aren't the worst. They're sort of in the middle ra- mm. mid-range. And it's uh, at, um, it's Geelong, at isn't it? Yeah, it's at GMHBA Stadium or however that stadium is pronounced. Cut in your park. Um, cut in your park. So, yeah, I, I think that he's in for a solid score again this week. I don't think you can expect 100 or anything like that, but I think a score around about a 75 to an 80 wouldn't... So pretty much the bare minimum we need for a Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But these are the guys that you want off your waiver list. Yeah. Like, I, you want a solid score from these guys, and I think he's in with a solid chance to get I'm it. I'm not convinced by Parsons, but... It's okay. It's, it's, because, it's because you took Harry Himmelberg from me. That was oh, my... That, Harry Himmelberg is the obvious first choice this week. There's nobody else that you should be looking at on the waiver list aside from <laughs> Harry Himmelberg right. first up. If you're needing him I from like one week... I feel like you've jinxed me, but that's... <laughs> There's a there's one other guy maybe, but again, I'm not sold on it. Yep. All right. My next one is Lockie Plowman, Colton Ooh. defender, 28% owned. Um, the main reason for this is he's coming up against Essendon this round. Yep. And Essendon forward line minus Danaher, Stringer, most probably Fantasia again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like their forward line is going to be a bit of a mess. And there'll be a bit of an opportunity for him to intercept the ball going forward. Yep. Um, teams that he's played against this year who don't have dominant forward lines. He played Gold Coast in round four and got 85. Um, the Dogs in round five and got 86. Mm-hmm. He's played the Saints last round and got 80. So I'm, I think he can get, similar to what you think Parsons can, that sort of 80-odd mark. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's a good option. Um, okay. So, this is a bit of a contentious one 
in terms of who he's coming up against. Mm-hmm. And I've got to check with you that we haven't picked this guy before this oh, year. Okay, then. Yep. Noah Bolter uh, from Richmond. I don't believe we have, no. So Noah Bolter is owned by 25% of the competition. So quite a low ownership, to be honest. I thought he'd be owned by a little bit more than that with the name value playing for Richmond. He's coming off of 69, 79, and 82. He's again going to be playing second Ruckman. Mm -hmm. He's coming up against Goldstein, which is the tough part of it. Yeah. But he's getting around the ground, and he's taking a fair fair few marks and getting a fair few disposals around there in contested play. That's what I like to see. He's He's making some tackles as well. So, I think if you're desperate for a, uh, a Ruckman yep. in particular, I, I think, is it... No, he's not a Ruckman unless you have DPP changes turned on in your league. Um, if not, he's still a forward-eligible player. So, mm-hmm. he can come on and get you a solid score this week, I believe. So, the matchup is tricky, but the role is very, very good. Yeah, I agree. He was on my list as well. I didn't use him because I thought he was too obvious a pick. So, <laughs> thanks for taking him. Because I think he's, I, I do think he's a good pick. I yeah, think I think there's value there, one hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. So that's risk it for the biscuit this week. We've gone Noah Bolter and Parsons for me. You've gone with Harry Himmelberg and Lockie Plowman. Mm-hmm. Interesting options. So we will. Uh, the, the barrel is pretty much empty as that, we set up the top. So what we'll be doing uh, in the next few weeks is we'll be re- taking apart that rule that says we can't choose two people yeah. the same time in in the one year. Yeah. Uh, it's always around about the buy rounds. So. Yeah, because there's always those guys that are sitting around about forty to forty-five percent ownership. You know, somewhere around about there. They're not on. They shouldn't be on team lists. But when they have a good matchup, it's yeah. always good to pick them up. So even if you own them once, like two or three times during the year. Just stream them. Exactly. So that's our podcast for this week. Thanks so much for joining us again. Don't forget, if you listen to us on iTunes, jump online, give us a review, give us a rating. We love reading through those from you guys. And if you want to hit us up with any questions, we are at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. So message us anytime. And until next week, where we'll be back going through all of next round's fantasy Uh, footy. You'll be back. Actually, that's true. I should probably say that. I'll uh, be back. Jet setting away for a few weeks. Yeah, you're off on your bloody honeymoon. So um, this is it for me for a few weeks. So enjoy listeners and um, you get to listen to the dulcet tones of Christian for the next few weeks. I thought I'd give you that sign-off, but I'm not letting you end on the dulcet tones of me. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. We'll catch you next week.